Tanya for the 22nd of Shvat, but first the story. Hillel Paracha had a custom that every Matzah Shabbos, and on a Matzah Shabbos, he would have a chicken that had been shechted, that had been slaughtered, ritually slaughtered that very night, and prepared that very night, and he would eat it that night on Matzah Shabbos. And once he was visiting Kremen Shug, and he visited the famous chassid of Yosef Tumarkin. He was the of basin, he was the, the, the head of the court of, of, of Kremen Shug, a very famous chassidic city. And the, and Rabhil Oparcha was a state, a state, was hosted by him. Now, Rabhil, uh, um, Yosef Tumarkin's wife knew that Rabbi Hillel, out of the two sheikhtim, the two ritual slaughterers that lived in Kremen Shug, Rabbi Hillel preferred the, the, there were two chassidim, one was a, chad, a, a chabad chassid, one was a paylish chassid, and Rabbi Hillel preferred the shechita of the paylish chassid, not the chabad chassid, even though he was chabad. He preferred the, the slaughtering of the other chassid. So she went, she brought the chicken to the, to the, other chassid, and the other chassid had already left. It was so late on Matzah Shabbos, he'd already woken up and left to go to do shechita. And so she had no choice but to bring the chicken to the, to the other, to the Chabad chassid. She brought it to the Chabad chassid, and it, she didn't say anything. She just brought the chicken, and Rehila Parachin didn't, <laughs> didn't touch the food. So Yosef asked Rabhilal, is there something wrong with the food? There must be some Shiloh with the chicken. And she and and so he went to she, he went to his wife and asked his wife, what's the story with this chicken? And she said there's no Shiloh, there's no problem with it. The only thing is that it was shechted by the Chabad Chassid. So Rab Yosef went to Rab Hilal and said What's going on? You know, like, explain to me, why is it that you're avoiding the shechita of the Chabad Chassid? What, what's wrong? And so, Rapilo said like this. He said, there's nothing wrong with the actual shechita itself. He could be trusted. He's a trustworthy um, ritual slaughter. He's a trustworthy shechit. The problem is, he once saw, he once heard that he had, um, or he once heard him embarrassing a Talmud Chacham. And because of this, he didn't want to eat from this Chabad Chassid's shechita anymore. So Rabbi Yosef said, if that's the correct, how could he, how could he um, fix it up if this person that he's offended has already passed away? It sounds like Rabbi Yosef knew who this, who this um, sheikh had embarrassed, and he said he passed away. So he said, bring other men, ten other men with him, go to the, go to the burial place, tell the sheikh to go to the burial place of this time in Chacham, and ask for forgiveness. And once he does that, I'll eat from his shechita. The Tanya Sovar is talking about the greatness of a Torah scholar, someone who learns Torah and the connection a person has when a person learns Torah, essentially the greatness of a Talmud Chacham, and the unity that, that a person learns Torah has with Hashem while he does it, even different than when a person does a mitzvah. When this energy, when a person learns with Hashem and is being unified with Hashem, becomes revealed, and it's not concealed, um, the, the, not concealing Hashem's will, but when a person is learning Torah, when a person is learning Torah, opens up a book and starts to learn Torah, his mind and his speech. Well, his thoughts and his speech, which are the innermost garments of his godly soul, become connected with God's will. 
even the soul and the garments, they become united with Hashem in that moment. The same way, like we mentioned, we mentioned earlier on, how we have how, how when we're dealing with our own speech, our speech is somehow not part of not somehow. It's very understandable how we speak and those words. Uh, projected outwards and no longer connected with us. The unity doesn't really exist with our speech once it's outside. But once, when the soul, when the speech is still inside of us, or Hashem, once it's outside, once it's been spoken, in that case, in Hashem, it doesn't go outside of Hashem. Everything is Hashem, and Hashem is everything. So just as the speech and thought of Hashem is fully unified with Hashem, that's the same thing, the same type of unity that happens when we learn Torah. We're connecting with Hashem, but entirely with Hashem, as speech is, with Hashem inside of Hashem still. And now this is an incredible idea, the, uni- the unity that exists between Hashem and ourselves, our godly soul, when we learn Torah, is even greater than Hashem's unity with the higher worlds. We talk about all these higher spiritual worlds, one level higher than the next, and we know that our world is the lowest of the low. And we say, well, us learning Torah in this world really wouldn't create much of a unity because, you know, we're, we can't really compare how great the holiness and sanctity of our world is compared to the higher worlds. But when we learn Torah, our unity with Hashem is far greater than that of Hashem's unity and connection with the higher worlds. And all the worlds receive their light and energy from the Torah, which is Hashem's world. Like it says, Hashem created them all the wisdom. Hashem's wisdom is the source of all the worlds. And the unity that we have with Hashem's wisdom it's far greater on this world than it is on even on the higher world, which is such an incredible idea. Because Hashem used the, the Torah to create the world, because Hashem used His wisdom to create the world, which is His Torah, the Torah is higher and transcends all the worlds. And this Torah is Hashem's will, which is called this encompassing energy, which we're going to talk about later on, what it means, Savior literally means surround all the worlds, of course, that's not what it literally means. But this powerful energy that just, it's, it supersedes the world. It's so much higher than the world. It's this type of energy. Savior energy is this type of energy that animates and illuminates from a, from a distance. It encompasses, it doesn't really, not really in, able to inject itself. It kind of surrounds the world. Not really a good translation, we're just going to use it anyway. It surrounds the world and it, and it gives from a distance Powerful energy that would would, would 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 blow the world to bits if it was really able to have a real interaction. And that's the energy that a person taps into when he's studying Torah. Now, the obvious question is, I learned Torah, we're learning Torah right now, and yet we struggle to feel this energy. Even though we, the person's not able to feel this energy, the the, the muzzle still feels it, the soul can still feel it, and the point is that precisely because we can't feel this unity, that's the reason we're able to actually endure it. In the higher worlds where they could feel these types of energy, the, the, the energy is a lot weaker. 
And this explains why why does Torah have such a uh, intense fascination? Not only it's more than a fascination, obsession with Torah over all the other mitzvahs. Why do we not hear about a the uh, you know this greatness of someone who who does any other mitzvah all day? It doesn't sound like this. It's a thing. You do the mitzvah, you 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 move on, and you do another mitzvah, and another mitzvah. But Torah, on the other hand, it sounds like this is the 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 focus of it all, and and, and it's higher than everything else. As someone that's as we're going to mention in a moment, involved in Torah could is absor- absolved from all other types of mitzvahs. What is it? Why is that? Why are we obsessed with Torah? This is why studying Torah is so much higher than doing all the rest of the mitzvahs. And even than praying, Torah is even higher. Which is creating a unity in the higher heavens when we when we pray. Now, if someone isn't have, making the entire preoccupation or entire job to be learning Torah, in that case, well, if he's not anyway making Torah his main focus, at that point, okay, stopping anyway, let him stop to, to, to pray. But there are people who didn't pray, as, as, as we're going to mention. There are people who literally learned Torah the entire day and didn't stop for absolutely anything. It's understandable now because we understand that Torah is so much higher and so much greater of a unity and so much drawing down so much greater of a connection to God when you learn Torah compared to all the mitzvahs and compared to, to, to prayer as well. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya. Tanya is the only Nishmas Shimona Bas Peretz Simcha Sophia Bas Shana Rezevad from Fushlem Ve'akorach Bas Elisa Kedem Bas Chayim Bushkebracha Bnei Akengod Golda, Moshe ben Esther, and anyone else who needs to for Shlema, and, uh, and success for all the Jews around the world, especially those in Israel, for the soldiers who defend the Jewish people, mm-hmm. and little initials, all those whose yard says today, have a wonderful and very successful day, and thank you so much for joining.